Good morning. Today is Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. Before I begin, I just want to mention I'm looking forward to Thursday night, 7 p.m., Mining the Riches of the Parsha. After this Thursday night, there will be some changes to the schedule because of Purim coming up and because of Pesach. So I will be announcing the dates and the time changes uh, over the next several weeks. But I do look forward to being together with you this Thursday night at 7 p.m. Yesterday, I told you about our visit to Ramla in Israel. At the very end of that day, we squeezed in one more site, and I'm very glad that we did. Ramla is the world center of the Karaites. Karaites are a sect of Judaism centered in Ramla for over 1,200 years. Now, everything that I'm going to share with you about this now is very complicated. It's a subject of intense disputes among scholars. So what I'm going to share with you is a vastly oversimplified description of this topic. The Karaites, that's the English word. The original Hebrew word is karaim. Karaim literally means the people of Scripture or the readers of verses of the Torah. It's a group that believes that they are Jews. They believe in one God. They believe that the written Torah that we have, Torah, the books of the prophets, Tanakh, that the Torah itself comes directly from God and the works of the prophets come from God's prophets. But they reject the oral law, Torah Shaval and all rabbinic law. Now, throughout Jewish history, we have had groups with this basic approach with different names and differences between them. At the time of the Talmud, for example, we had the Minim, another group are known as the Tzedukim, the Sadducees. There are differences between them, but they share this basic philosophical approach. None of them lasted. They are utterly rejected by normative Judaism. The Karaites are, frankly, an oddity of history. They're declining. They're, they have almost no influence on the Jewish world or the larger world. And again, to be frank, little viable future, but they're hanging on. In Ramla, there are two synagogues and we visited one of them and it's beautiful. They have daily services every morning and every week, evening, seven days a week. Men and women sit separately. People sit on the floor. There's a rabbi. On Shabbos, he gives a drasha. They have Torah reading. In the lobby, they have a sign like many, many synagogues have. Na lo ledaber Please don't talk during davening. So they have that issue as well. They have a prayer book, which is mostly quotes from the Torah and Tehillim and other 
Tanakh passages, but no rabbinic prayers. So there's no Amidah, for example, uh, etc. And when we went to this place, there was a very nice man who showed us around and he described his lifestyle to us. He told us that there are about 50,000 Karaites worldwide. 40,000 of them, 40,000 of them live in Israel. And about 4,000 of them live in Ramla. They accept and they apply a literal interpretation of the verses of the Torah. So, for example, a few weeks ago we read the parsha of Vayakel. The Torah says, Lo sevaru esh b'chol shabbos. Do not light any fire in all of your dwelling places on the Shabbos day, on the Sabbath day. So we understand that to mean that you can set lights and cooking before Shabbos and let it continue on Shabbos. But the Karaites do not allow any electricity on Shabbos, even if it's turned on before Shabbos. So that means, among many other things, they only eat cold food on Shabbos. They do light candles in the synagogue before Shabbos starts. And that's kind of a leniency because to have it dark in the synagogue on Friday night, they say it would be a sakana, it would be dangerous to people. So they allow for the lighting of candles for that purpose, but they don't use any electricity on Shabbos. Now, these groups receive a lot of attention in the Talmud, in the Gemara, and in Jewish law, probably more attention than from anywhere else and from anyone else, because the Chachamim, our sages, normative Judaism, legislated to make it clear that this approach, this belief, is apicursus. This is heresy. This is classic heresy against traditional Judaism. The Rambam, by the way, codifies in his Yud Gimel Ikrim, the 13 principles of belief. This is one of them. The belief that the oral law is the legitimate understanding of the written law. And one who rejects this is a heretic, an apikoris, or a min. It's another term that means the same thing. So it was fascinating to meet and see in person something and someone I have studied extensively for many, many years and to see it in person and to be at the world center of this, of this uh, group. I have to tell you, to be perfectly honest, I did feel a certain sense of revulsion at being in the presence of this dramatic rejection of one of the main tenets of Judaism. And also, to be honest, I was fascinated. And this man who met with us, this young man, though he is certainly an apicurus, he is, by our definition, a heretic, he was a very nice person, very respectful, and he welcomed us, and he welcomed our curiosity, and we were grateful to him for, for that kindness. 
We had to cut our visit short in order to catch the last bus back to Jerusalem. And on the way home, I thought of a number of questions that I wish I had had time to ask, but I did not have time to ask. I'll share with you just one question that I have now. So, as I mentioned before, to counter this belief, going back to the time of the Talmud, our rabbis in the Talmud legislated that we are supposed on Shabbos to eat some hot food that has been cooked and heated from before Shabbos to eat on Shabbos day, as I mentioned before, to demonstrate that we reject their literal understanding of the laws of Shabbos. Now, you can fulfill this by having a hot water urn on Shabbos. And this is the source of chalent. Chalent is a food designed to serve on Shabbos day that has been in the oven since before Shabbos started. So when I say that it's a mitzvah to eat chalent on Shabbos, I'm serious. It is, in fact, a mitzvah to eat chalent on Shabbos. Now, of course, what we call chalent is just one dish. Every Jewish community in the world has its own dish meant to cook low and slow from before Shabbos and serve hot on Shabbos day. There's Dafina, there's Yupchik, Yerushalmi Kugel. That's the origin of that delicious food. And they're all delicious. They're all, they're all wonderful foods. But we have these dishes because of the Karaites and others like them. In recent years, there has arisen a new phenomenon in the Jewish world. Thursday night chalent. It's starting to catch on here in Montreal. There are a few places that you can go to get very, very good chalent late on Thursday night. It's a very big deal in places like New York, and it is an even bigger deal, a gigantic deal in Israel. In Jerusalem on a Thursday night, there are probably thousands of people who are eating chalent late Thursday night. Marcy and I went for Thursday night chalent in Jerusalem during our visit. I love Thursday night chalent. Marcy uh, tolerates it. It's an indulgence. We went to a place that had been recommended to us because I've been to other places for Thursday night chalent in Jerusalem, but we place a place, a new place that was recommended to us, not in the center of town in a suburb, Ramad Eshkol. It was packed. There were hundreds of people there. We had to wait an hour to get a table. And it was delicious. And we had a great time. It is strange that this particular phenomenon has grown so quickly and embraced 
with such enthusiasm and gusto in the Jewish world? I wonder, and here's my question, maybe it's fueled by the Karaites, who don't get to eat cholent on Shabbos, and they don't want to miss out. I did not have a chance to ask that question. Who knows? Maybe yes, maybe no. But I do know that I will remember our visit to Ramla every Shabbos when I fulfill the mitzvah of eating cholent. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.